This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. Well, if anybody think if we're doing it for the first time now in the 20 cent, 21st century, going into the 20s, from the 20th century going into the second quarter of the 21st century, that we'd say 12 years is enough? Think 12 years is enough in the, going into 20, 30, 40, 50? This has been the President of the United States of America. May God have mercy on our souls. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to get subscribed. Do it before Election Day because on Election Night, we're going to have incredible coverage for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the promo code, of course, is Stu if you'd like to save 10 bucks. And then that's going to go, I think, till midnight Eastern time. And you're going to be thinking, well, wait, we don't have all the results yet. Who's going to take me through the early morning hours? Well, I will do that for you over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash America. If you're on YouTube, like this video right now and help spread the word. Glenn Beck is going to be here for some final midterm election thoughts. Fourth time's a charm for the Fed hiking the interest rate. We'll get into that. But we start by doing election 2022. The governors. Yes, it is time for us to look at some of the uh, gubernatorial races across the country. Now, we have the big board out here. It's a little bit different than when we talk about the Senate, for example, because really uh, there's no there's no control number. You don't have to worry about getting 51 senators. There's no you get 26 governors. That just helps you in 26 states. That's really important to those 26 states, of course. So let's go kind of through where all these races lie right now as we get closer to the election. On Monday, the day before the election, we're going to give you our final thoughts, our final predictions on uh, where we think these races are going to end up. We'll take everything out of the toss-up column to make sure nothing's left, and we'll hope and pray that they actually turn out right. We think we have a pretty good idea where things are going, but of course, there's still a bunch of questions. Let's start it out. Uh, Of course, there are 14 states that do not have gubernatorial races here in 2022. Six of those states are Democrats. Eight of those states are Republican. That's the kind of the beginning point of where we start all of these. And we have a bunch of states that come out in the likely Democratic column. Now, some of these are not going to be a surprise, uh, but some of them are kind of interesting. It's a gubernatorial races are totally different than you th- the, the world you think of when you think of presidential politics. When you're thinking of red states and blue states, you think you kind of know a state, you know how they're going to vote. But the governor uh, situation is, is different. It's weird. There are outliers. There are red states that have blue governors and blue states that have red governors. And it's kind of a free for all at times. So let's go through all of it here. Now, we start off with Hawaii in the likely Democratic candidate uh, or category. Uh, Rhode Island as well is there and a purple state, uh, but going to be likely blue. Uh, That's Colorado. Now, Colorado is interesting because Jared Polis, who is the governor there, 
he's kind of he was known as taking a more sensible approach to covid. Now, it might not be the one that you want exactly, but it was much more kind of like, you know, if you get uh, vaccinated, you never have to think about this stuff again. That was sort of his approach. Uh, He didn't have the major restrictions, lifted a lot of them earlier than some even red states did. And I mean, I don't know. Is there a tie here? He's pretty popular and going to win by a large margin in a race where the senatorial race is going to be a lot closer. Uh, He's one of these people who people have talked about as a potential outlying presidential candidate because he took a different uh, step there through COVID. I don't think he's really that, but he's going to win probably pretty easily. Uh, We go over to Massachusetts and Maryland. I want to highlight these two mainly because these were both going to be likely blue states. I would be very surprised if anything else happened there. They're, of course, blue states for the, the presidency every single time. But both states are coming off of Republican governors, Republican governors that were very, very popular. Uh, Of course, you know, the moderates and not, you know, the hardcore conservative that maybe me and you might like, but they are totally reversing course and they're going to feel that, even though we're only talking about a moderate Republican, at least in a lot of ways. Also, we're going to put Connecticut there, Ned Lamont, who's absolutely terrible. Uh, Some polls have showed this one closer. I'm not convinced by them at this point. I think the uh, the wealth of evidence points to the fact that he's going to be safe there. Then you got uh, Illinois. That's uh, J.D. Pritzker, uh, presidential candidate um, that has been talked about mainly by the Pritzker family. Uh, the guy's really, really rich, and that's his only real talking point. Uh, he has a lot of money. He's kind of like a almost like a new Bloomberg in a way. People are talking about him as potentially running in 2024 if Biden uh, doesn't. And we end up, of course, with the guy who's already running in 2024, Gavin Newsom. The chance to beat Gavin Newsom was with the recall. Uh, this is probably not going to happen here, unfortunately, in the election. He kind of already had an election very recently. He survived that, and it was not a big blowout, but he did survive it, and he will survive this as well. That gives us a total of likely Democratic states uh, for the gubernatorial races of eight more. Now we go over to the likely Republican category, and there's certainly a bunch here. We'll go through them kind of quickly here, and most of these are not going to be surprises. Alabama going to stay Republican. Tennessee, no problems there. Arkansas, kind of interesting. Uh, as Sarah Huckabee Sanders, about to be the new governor. Uh, Of course, her dad was governor. She went on to work in the Trump administration and now going to be governor of Arkansas here very, very soon. Idaho is going to stay safe in the Republican category. Nebraska as well. No problems there. Ohio. Ohio is very interesting, mainly because of the split between Mike DeWine and the senatorial candidate J.D. Vance. I mean, we're talking a split in some of these polls, 17 point swing between the Republican governor there and the Republican Senate candidate. I can't believe it's going to stay that big on Election Day. Maybe it will. DeWine, by the way, was kind of the reverse of of Polis that we talked about over in uh, in Colorado. And he was a red state governor, but did lean on the restrictions pretty heavily and and angered a lot of our uh, listeners and conservative voters who said, hey, we, this guy's acting like he's a Democrat, but it's, it's, he's been able to hold it together there in Ohio and should win that one very easily. Iowa as well, no problems there. Uh, Wyoming and South Carolina we have uh, there. And then we go with Vermont as, as well. That's, again, an interesting one, right? You think, wait a minute, what do you, you put in Vermont in the likely Republican category? Yeah, it's going to be an easy win for a Republican 
governor in Vermont. And I'll add on to that with New Hampshire. Another one you'd say, well, wait a minute, that's a purple state. Is that going to be a likely Republican? Yeah. The Northeast is weird. They, they, they seem to occasionally embrace Republican governors, although they never vote for anyone else who has an R in their name even. Uh, so anyway, that's the way that works. Uh, South Dakota is another uh, interesting one. Christy Noem there. Of course, these presidential candidates, uh, people who've talked, been talked about for, as presidential candidates, they need to do their work here first, right? You can't, Christy Noem is not going to run for president if she loses the gov- gubernatorial race in South Dakota. Thankfully, she is not uh, in any danger of doing that. There have been a, there's been a poll or two that showed that race a little too close for comfort, but it's not going to be a problem on election night. She should win that relatively easily. Speaking of potential presidential candidates that have been talked about for 2024, uh, Greg Abbott here in Texas. Now, Abbott is, you know, I will tell you, as a person who lives in Texas, people here uh, it can be a little lukewarm on, on Greg Abbott as a Republican. Uh, now, I've talked to people who are like, I live in New Jersey. We, you know, we've had people in, in town and be like, I'm from New Jersey. I can't believe we need to get a governor like yours. And then everyone here is like, how dare you? He sucks. I don't know. I mean, I think that the truth is kind of in between there. Of course, our own Chad Prather ran against uh, Greg Abbott to be governor. Uh, so we've had a quite, a, uh, quite a bit of, you know, through the COVID era, era, had a little bit of a consternation with our friend Greg Abbott. But generally speaking, uh, he's relatively popular. And lucky for him, he's going up against Beto O'Rourke, who's terrible in every single way. And all the people who were like, I don't know about Greg Abbott, as soon as they saw Beto was the nominee, they're like, okay, now I know about Greg Abbott. Yes, I'm running to the polls right now so Beto doesn't win. There have been, again, a couple of polls that have showed this within striking distance in the summer. Never was a doubt for me. In this environment, there's no chance. Uh, I mean, in a good environment for Republicans, Beto still lost here in Texas. He's going to lose by a much larger margin this time around the gubernatorial race. And then finally, last one I'm going to put in likely Republican is pretty amazing. And I think we've all, we've all taken this story for granted at this point. It's incredibly remarkable, though. Ron DeSantis. You know, I know we all know Ron DeSantis is one of the big guys out there, maybe going for the presidential uh, nomination in 2024 kind of depending on what Trump does. He's obviously a big national figure. Everyone sees him as the leader. But it's important to step back and think about where this came from. This guy won his gubernatorial race last time by 0.4%. And that was a surprise. That was a shock. People were not at all believing that he was going to win that race. Luckily, he did because the other guy was like doing God knows what in hotel rooms. Uh, But the bottom line is he won that race and now he's favored to win again easily and he may even win that race by double digits another part of this and i think people nationally don't see this as much from the as far as the the situation in florida people are like well he did such a good job in COVID, and that's why he's going to win what people don't realize is he was actually his popularity numbers were larger before COVID. He was doing a good job before COVID. he was highly had a high approval rating COVID, in some ways did the typical thing that COVID does, which was, uh, other than you know, make people uh, really phlegmy, uh, also uh, it kind of split people, right? It, it made people go to their own corners. So a lot of people who were Democrats who liked DeSantis before kind of went to their own corners and said, oh, death Santis and all this other crap that went on. Well, he held, his, he held to his guns there. Obviously, his approach worked very well. And the fact that you're putting Florida, which is kind of the classic swing state, right? You're putting Florida in the likely Republican category is quite the commentary on Ron DeSantis and what he's been able to do. Also, 
his presidential future is really based on what happens here. Obviously, if he loses, he's not going to be president of the United States. He's, I don't think that's going to happen. But a four-point win is going to play a lot different than a 10-, 12-point win. If he can exceed expectations, get that into double digits in that state, it's going to make a really strong argument that to a, a, a purple audience, to a, a, a swing-type state, that Ron DeSantis can be successful in that environment. And, you know, uh, certainly if he runs for president, he'll make the argument that he can be more successful in that environment than even Donald Trump. Polls in the primary, of course, show DeSantis pretty far behind. But, you know, uh, the polls this early, you can't really tell. Donald Trump probably has the easiest path to the nomination by quite a margin. But DeSantis is probably the only person outside of Trump that can can take Trump out in the primary. Even that's going to be hard, but it's possible. And the, the, the more he runs up the score here in Florida, the stronger his argument is going to be going forward with people who donate millions and millions of dollars to presidential campaigns. So something really close to watch. It won't be like, is Florida in doubt? It's going to be, what is that margin? It's going to be a really interesting thing to watch on election night. So in the likely uh, Republican category, we have a total of 14 states there. Uh, that will likely go red. Now let's go over to the leaners. We've got leaners, boys and girls, leaners uh, to the Democratic side. There is a few. And I think, you know, look, one thing I try to do with all of the election stuff is to tell you the truth, to tell you the truth of what I think these things are. And sometimes that means giving you news you don't like. And I know you, you, you probably know that already, but people do get annoyed at times when they hear states in certain columns that they, they don't appreciate. Uh, as you may know, back in 2020, we, we did say that uh, Joe Biden was going to win. And we said it's going to suck. <laughs> You're going to hate it. But we said he was going to win 306 to 232. Now, there's lots of crazy stuff that went on election night. But the bottom line was it finished 306 to 232. That's what we're trying to do here. And we're going to look at this stuff. And some of this stuff, I think, is going to be disappointing to people, frankly. But we'll give it to you anyway. Uh, Leaning uh, Democratic side is, first of all, Maine. Now, Maine, the polls aren't all that close there. But it is a weird state. You've got some of the ranked choice voting stuff going on. You've got uh, Paul LePage as the uh, former governor coming back to try to win again on the Republican side. I think this one leans Democrat. But it could be a little closer than people expect. I've talked to you before uh, a little earlier about how blue states that are super blue all of a sudden sometimes lean red or get into toss-up categories. Some of these states are like that. New Mexico is like that. New Mexico is really not, it's not really a purple state anymore. Back when George W. Bush ran, I think Bush won it one time, if I remember correctly, was sort of a purple state back in the day. No longer a purple state, really a blue state at this point. But that gubernatorial race is relatively close. Minnesota is another one that is Pretty surprising. Now, we've had some close races in Minnesota. I think the classic Minnesota, you think about progressivism, but there have been some close races recently in Minnesota. uh, And this one looks to be relatively close as well. Polling is showing a mid single digit lead. But if you saw a wave, a a wave type environment, that's the type of race that Republicans can have some hope for. Uh, Pennsylvania is also on this list. Now, I think people really, really want the Pennsylvania thing to happen. Mastriano has not had the recovery, though, that Dr. Oz has had. He's still, uh, now Oz, I would say, I have that race leaning Republican. It's going to be a very close race, but I have it leaning Republican right now. I don't have that situation the same in Pennsylvania. Mastriano is not really caught on. Shapiro seems to be, uh, for whatever reason, uh, hanging on to that polling lead. It has shrunk a little bit, but I don't know at this point 
if Mastriano is going to be able to make up that ground. Michigan is also here. Now, of course, everyone wants Gretchen Whitmer to go away. She's uh, really terrible as a governor. And she is uh, someone who also did lots of crazy stuff during COVID. This race is way, way closer than it should be. Michigan should not be this close in, in this sort of environment. But it is very, very close. And a lot of that has to do with uh, Tudor Dixon, who is her, her opponent and a pretty good candidate. We talked to her on the radio show. If you'd like to go back and listen uh, to that interview, she's a pretty good candidate and has kept this really close. Some polling does show this basically tied. I mean, Trafalgar has been pretty favorable to Republicans, but has also had really good results in past elections. If Trafalgar's right, a lot of the stuff in this column is going to wind up over here and maybe even over to the lean Republican side. But right now I have this with the fundamentals behind it. The other polling that's involved, I have it as a lean Democrat right now with some hope. This one I think is going to hurt some people. It's going to hit people in the stomach. They're going to think I'm an idiot. They're going to think I'm crazy. And I want Zellmentum to be real. And I think it is real. But right now, I still have Kathy Hochul uh, holding on, uh, leaning Democrat right now. There have been polls that have showed this as closely as tied. We've seen some one or two point deficits in a wave election night, a great night for Republicans. New York is really in play. It's not fake, but still, I just have a hard time. I'm a New Yorker. I was, you know, I was born in New York. I have a hard time believing. I have a hard time believing it. Now, I thought Andrew Cuomo would be there until the year 2708. So, hey, maybe I'll be wrong on this. I hope I am. And maybe we'll kind of change this before on our last update, which comes on Monday. But as far as lean Democrat goes, we've got six of those puppies right there. Over to the lean Republican column. And we start off with Alaska. Alaska, really, I'm not, I would say I'm worried. If I was an Alaska voter and I was wanting a Republican governor, I don't think I'd be super concerned about this race, but we're putting it here mainly because, again, we're in this weird ranked choice voting thing. We've never really seen it play out in any big way. You got to be a little nervous just because we don't understand the system well enough yet. And I think voters are still kind of struggling with it. I do actually, I don't think it's the terrible system that some conservatives do think it is. I think there's a a lot to like there, I think. But until people really get comfortable with it, it's going to be tough to predict races in Alaska. Uh, Georgia is another one leaning Republican. Now, look, I fully believe Kemp is going to win that race and probably win it handily. It's close enough in some polls that I'm leaving it in the, leaving it in the lean category. But again, I'm not exactly on the fence on this one. I think Kemp is going to win this. Stacey Abrams is a really bad candidate for this climate. If this was a wave election year for the Democrats, Maybe she'd have a chance. She got so much money and so much adoration from the press. But honestly, in this environment where Kemp and Kemp is interesting, too, because remember, Kemp was standing up and saying the election wasn't stolen. Uh, Kemp stood up also and opened up things like tattoo parlors and, and, and hair salons and then got lit up by Donald Trump. So he's been pretty independent from the national political scene. I think a lot of moderates see this that might normally run away from, um, you know, a, you know, someone who didn't think the election was fair. They might see Kemp and say, hey, he stood up in that moment. And I like that. It might not be some of the Republican voters didn't like it all that much. But when they see Stacey Abrams as the opponent, they're going to come home. And I think uh, Kemp will win that one relatively easily. And also Arizona is here. Now, Arizona, of course, is Carrie Lake. This race is super, super close. We talked to John Gabriel about this uh, race yesterday, and it's, it's, it's worth going back if you care about uh, Arizona politics at all and listening or watching that interview. 
But Arizona Lake has showed, showed a very narrow but pretty consistent lead. She's a really good candidate in a state where the fundamentals still are pretty red. So we have, in a climate that we think will be red as well, we have a leaning to the uh, Republican side for Kerry Lake. Three races finish up there. To the toss-up area. Look, a week out, we shouldn't have tons of toss-ups. I found it hard to put some of these races in the leaning categories, though. They are really super close. Just like the Senate race, very, very close, is Nevada. I mean, really, as pure a toss-up as you're going to see, Nevada is like just 50-50 everywhere right now. It's going to be very, very difficult to know the outcome before this race. You're going to be guessing a little bit, but uh, there you go. you got Oklahoma. Oklahoma should not be a toss-up state, boys and girls, but it is. Uh, Stitt is in trouble at some level in Oklahoma. His opponent was like a Republican until like a year ago, so that one is very close. Again, another state, Kansas. Kansas should not be a toss-up state, boys and girls, but they do have a sitting Democratic governor trying to hold on there. That race is very, very close. Wisconsin. We've seen the Senate race where Johnson's opened up a little bit of a lead. This one remains very, very purely a toss-up at this point. And finally, maybe the most interesting race in the country, honestly, is Oregon. Oregon, the other way, Democrats would say, that shouldn't be a toss-up state. It's a three-way race, for two, uh, one Democrat, one former Democrat running as an independent, and a Republican, the Republican with a very small lead, but a consistent lead over the last uh, few polls with Drazen there. So that is uh, five toss-up races. Our final totals here, and again, control of the, go- you know, how many races you have, it, d- it doesn't really matter as far as the national picture goes, but to give you a sense as where we stand, we have 20 in the solid, uh, likely, and lean categories for Democrats. And over to the Republican side, we've got 25. This is your first chance to really tell your governor, how they did during COVID. Did they do a good job? Did they do a bad job? All these states are going to have a chance to speak out on election night. And if you're in one of them, make sure you speak your voice as well and get out to the polls and cast your vote. Back in a second. Got a package in the mail uh, the other day. This really, really nice travel bag. And am I special? Well, first of all, yes, I'm very, very special to so many people. But the reason I got this really, really cool travel bag was not because I was special. It was because I, uh, I'm signed up to Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collections. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every single month. This particular uh, travel bag was unique. It's like a duffel bag, but then it also you could put a suit in it. And the suit sort of wraps around the duffel bag and keeps your suit nice and I mean, it was really, really cool. Boxofawesome.com is the place to go. You go there, you take their quiz. They'll kind of direct you to the right place to pick the best box of awesome for you or who you might buying, uh, be buying it for a gift because it is a fantastic gift. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. Each box is valued at around $70, but you only pay a fraction of that price. And I've never seen one as, as low as $70. There's always so much more than that. Box of Awesome, you're always supporting small businesses when you do this. Almost everything in the box comes from a small up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month or cancel any time. Get 20% off your first monthly Box of Awesome when you go to boxofawesome.com and enter the code STU at checkout. It's boxofawesome.com, code STU, 20% off your first box, boxofawesome.com. Code is STU. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Let's bring in Glenn Beck. He has a brand new special tonight coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to stay tuned. It is election games, the real threat to democracy exposed. We welcome election denier Glenn Beck. <laughs> Thank you, Stu. Why do you deny elections? Do you deny I that don't they occur? Deny. No, okay. I don't. They occur, and I don't deny. Uh, hmm. Don't deny those results happened. Really? Yeah, mm -hmm. those results are happening. <laughs> Why do you think that George Washington wasn't really elected back in the day? Um, because I think uh, he was cheating by having... Uh, vibrations in his false teeth give him the answers at the first debate. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you get into that tonight as yeah, part of the special. Yeah. Are you in full-fledged election alert mode? That's where I am right now. We're only a few days I, away. You know, I was just saying before we came on that I'm, uh, I'm really sleepy right now. <laughs> by, next, by this time next week, mm. oh my gosh, we're going to be, because it's it is so much that is happening right now, um, and I am excited. It's is it panic? Is it nervousness? No, it's, is it it's excitement? actually excitement. Okay, it's excitement. However, it is it's tapped down just a little bit because this one, if we don't get it right, I don't know if there's a chance of survival by 2024. Okay, mm. I just don't know. Stakes are high. Stakes are high, and it's a real kind of, mm, I'm not sure we're a constitutional republic in 2024. <laughs> but other than that, but on that, it um, But I also know, and as I'll lay out tonight, uh, you remember when Biden won and he immediately came out and said, there will be, there will be no riots tonight. There's nobody <laughs> out on the street tonight. Remember, and they had the website, mm -hmm. you know, to organize all these protests. And they said, it's six o'clock tonight. We're going to be in the streets of Washington. And then he said, no, 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 no. We'll show you tonight how that was called off. That was all planned, coordinated, ready to go. They called it off. Mm. Okay, we're going to get into that tonight. It's going to be very, yeah. very interesting. So I think that we, we're headed for a really tough two years. They're not going to give up. You know, it's not like, oh. Oh, the Republicans, gee, we've learned our lesson. They're going to, you know, do whatever they have to do. Luckily, you're tired, but you have nothing going on between now and Election Day. Well, you'll be up until the middle of the night. You are going uh, to Utah tom uh, tomorrow, I think? Tomorrow, in between yeah. the television show. I got to do a TV show, then the podcast, then I get on a plane and go right to... Uh, I think it's in St. George um, mm -hmm. to campaign with, with Mike Lee. Then I fly back to do the radio show in the morning. What's your sense uh, on the Mike Lee race? I mean, people, there hasn't been a ton of polling there. The latest poll came out, had Mike Lee up uh, 10 or 11. There's been a lot of polls that show it much closer. Internal polling from the McMullen campaign shows him ahead, of course, which is always a surprise when you see that from internal polling. I think... I, I, traditionally, I would think Mike's going to win by... 10, 11, 12 points, okay? Um, and I think that could happen, but only if people, and this is gonna happen in every state in the union, only if people don't get arrogant 
and they're not counting on it. So they don't go, yeah, I was going to go vote. I didn't have time. Get to the ballot box. Get to the ballot box. Um, Because I don't think the Republicans, my guess is the Democrats are going to uh, stay home. They will underwhelm mm. the polling places. You except see that in early voting a little bit so far. Yeah, oh, a great deal. Mm. A great deal. So I don't think they're excited. And it's all about, especially on midterms, who's excited? Who's going to go out and do it? Midterms, most of my life, midterms have come and gone, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. That happened. I didn't do it. Um, now, this one, at least half the country. And that includes some people who used to probably voted for Joe Biden even are now on full alert. They're like, this is a problem. And those people who are awake are motivated. The people who are just voting, you know, like they always vote. They're not motivated. Even if you like the Democrats, you're seeing what's going on and you're like, I don't want to vote for them again, and I, I'm not voting for the Republicans. What is there about the, the, the culture of Utah specifically that, that makes this a close race? Why would they be interested in... Silicon Valley. Utah, in particular, there's a place between Salt Lake and Provo that is now Silicon Valley. Mm. It, uh, all the high tech from California is moving into Utah, and the culture is changing a great deal. Mm. I love people who move into a place and like, so great here, everybody's so friendly (laughs) and the families and there's so much to do with families and you can trust everything. Let's bring everything from California. Mm. Um, So the culture is changing there a great deal. And I think it's like this in any culture. When When you have strong churches, you also have strong darkness. You know what I mean? So the people who are anti-Mormon aren't just anti-Mormon. They're Mm anti-religious, okay? And that's a different breed of people. Um, And so you have that. But what's shocking is how fast it is changing there. Um, And I still just can't imagine that Mike wouldn't win. I mean, it's still a really nice place to be. I mean... You know, they're they're trying to paint Mike Lee as a radical. <laughs> he still says, gosh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And golly, that was amazing. <laughs> He's not a radical. No. Um, so I grew up in the Northeast, on the East Coast of the country. So the West is sort of like a foreign land to me. I don't yeah, yeah. really understand it. You've always talked about how it's, it's, it's so much different. It's very different. Talk about the, the, the Pacific Northwest a little bit, because there's two races there. Mm-hmm. We've got a Senate race in Washington that is uncomfortably close for Democrats and a gubernatorial race in Oregon, which it, the, the Republicans seems to be leading right now. Mm-hmm. What is going on up there? Oh. <laughs> um, uh, the Pacific Northwest is actually there when I was growing up there and it's still part of the culture. There's this idea of Cascadia that they would break off from the United States, okay? Mm -hmm. You think Texas, (laughs) you know, secede. No, no, no. It's not because they're super, super Texans who are even more American than Americans. These guys are Cascadians. And um, it's this real hippie 
kind of uh, progressive socialist. Seattle has a statue of Karl Marx in Seattle. When I was growing up, okay, it's crazy people. Mm -hmm. My father used to say the people who are too crazy for California (laughs) move up here. Okay. Um, And uh, and and what's happening right now, I think that because it is so crazy in those particular places in in Portland and Seattle, and I was just up with my aunt and uncle who live just south of Seattle and you know, they've lived on the same street my whole life, in the same house my whole life. And uh, they're like, you, you don't, no, 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 no. You don't, don't go walking around the neighborhood. Um, it's changed and crime is really affecting people. Um, all of the regulations that Washington State puts on people, it's making things a hundred times worse. And the policies are, verifiably nuts now. And it's not like these are new ideas. Hey, let's reimagine the police. Okay, I'm reimagining. I'm re- Now that we've had the gunfire on during the reimagining, we all go, I don't think we should reimagine. <laughs> and so I think that's what's happening. The, 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 there is enough, there are enough people that, you know, like the earth and everything else, but they don't want to tube everything to save the salmon. <laughs> right, right. That's interesting. Because, I mean, it seems like that was so fully embraced for such a long time. Right. But maybe reality hitting people in the face. And in, in, in Oregon, you got to remember half of the state. In fact, if you would cut it up, do you know what Idaho looks like? It kind of comes down like this and then has a big block and then kind of yeah. goes up. If you did, if, if you looked at Oregon and you could cut away the red part it would only be a little sliver right on the coastline up towards the north. So Oregon, if you cut out all the red, it would just cut out that little slice, almost look like a reverse of Idaho, Mm. just cut out that little slice. And that slice, that bigger portion of Oregon from the ocean all the way to the mountains uh, in the lower half and about three quarters of it to the Idaho border, wanna break away from Oregon. They're talking about becoming greater Idaho. And it's serious in both states. It's serious. That's a very strange uh, time. Actually, as we're, I was thinking about my next question, and I realized I have this sitting right here, which is oh, yeah, damaged. I, I gave it, and it's damaged. I gave it. Is. Uh, it was a gift a, for me, but it's... A, photograph, a, a framed photo of the moment Andrew Cuomo stepped down from office that Glenn gave me. <laughs> when this actually occurred. I think you played a big role in this. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, His replacement, Kathy Hochul. Now, Kathy Hochul, who was, I mean, look, part of this administration during all of the stuff that went on with Cuomo, now is in trouble. Mm -hmm. Are you a a believer in Zelmentum? I actually am. I read an article today in the Jerusalem Post that was from a New Yorker, diehard Democrat, and said, look, I didn't realize what was, how deep this was going. She said, but I think New York City is starting to flirt with republicanism. <gasps> I know. Uh, pum, pum, pum. <laughs> she said, I was in the hospital for a week, and she said, I couldn't sleep at night, and I was right across from the nurse's station. She said, so I heard all these nurses talk, 
And she said, some are diehard New Yorkers, others are immigrants. And she said, uh, they were bashing the Democratic Party like they were a group of Republicans. And she said, and they weren't Republicans, they were Democrats. She said, something is happening here. And that's the sense I get from friends in Seattle area too, that something is in the air where it's changing. If it doesn't change hard this time and we make it, uh, I think it will change. Because they're living in Fantasy Island now. Every, everybody knows. When Hochul is saying, I don't know why Zell is talking about uh, <laughs> crime. There's no crime. And like bullets are flying behind her head. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Everyone knows. They're asking you. They've asked you to deny so much. But I think the average person sees the results and is like, that's not working. And I can't deny that. Yeah, reality is hitting yeah, people in the face hitting. over and over again. All right, Glenn Beck, uh, tonight the special is Election Games, the real threat to democracy exposed. It's coming up on Blaze TV right after this broadcast. And Glenn, of course, is going to be uh, anchoring, I guess. The, he's the, yeah. the head honcho of the election coverage, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, anything you can preview here of what, what the spectacle is going to be like election night? Uh, no, but it will be a spectacle. <laughs> okay. It will be a spectacle. Don't miss it. It's not yeah. going to be like CNN or MSNBC. Yeah, or, or Fox. Or Fox. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. Uh, you can save 10 bucks if you do that, and we'll be on election night late into fun. the evening, up until midnight, and then uh, on to Stu Does America YouTube channel as well. So check it out. Uh, Glenn, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, buying, selling a home, you know what it's like. Not fun, not fun. At least, you know, sometimes it can be okay, though, right? You have a good real estate agent that can help you uh, through the transaction. Maybe you'll make a bunch of cash. Maybe you will get a great price on a home, on your dream home. This is the American dream, you know, getting your own home and, and living in a community that you love. We've seen that kind of be lit on fire recently, sometimes literally. Uh, depending on where you live in the United States. Uh, but you can always make sure that you have the best transaction possible with realestateagentsitrust.com. It is uh, the place to go to make sure that you have the best real estate agent in your area, whether you're moving from blue state to red state. Maybe you're one of those people. Don't bring your voting patterns from the last state with you, please. Uh, come to a great red state. You're going to love it here, but get a good real estate agent to make sure you can maximize that transaction. Or if you're selling a home, you know, the, the market is kind of up and down right now. It's a little bit crazy. Make sure you're protected from uh, all the craziness with a great real estate agent. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The Fed has approved of a 0.75-point uh, uh, hike to take rates to the highest they've been since 2008, and they've now hinted at a change in policy ahead. They're kind of saying, like, eh, maybe this is it. We swear. They're trying to, I think, ease the markets. Uh, who knows if they will continue to raise rates, but I mean, they're going up very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, if, if you take out the period of time in the early 80s, late 70s, 
This is really a big spike. We haven't seen things like this in a while. It's going up fast. They're trying to get inflation under control. We will see. Now, of course, inflation is a big problem, and it's led to Biden's newest low. Yes, Biden always has a new low. Almost every day we can find one. Today, just 10 percent of voters under 40 strongly approve of Biden in the poll in a new poll. Inflation remains a top concern ahead of the midterm elections. Yeah, it's funny because everything I like. You know, I had to uh, I had a project I had to uh, work on and, you know, made me look at a price and I saw the updated price for this thing. And I was like, wow, you know, I talk about inflation all the time, but holy crap, man, this is really ridiculous. It, It hits people no matter where you are, no matter who you are. Everybody notices it. And even young people who are always on board for anything Democrats do and say are looking at Biden saying, good God, this is absolutely terrible. Now, of course, we're just less than a week before an election. So what do you do? How do you try to get across the finish line and save as many seats as possible? Well, the first thing you do if you're the Biden administration is give away a bunch of money that's not yours. Thirteen point five billion dollars they're going to uh, spend to help households with energy bills, which is fascinating because. Biden's really responsible for this pretty directly, right? Like, think of the things that are affecting uh, the uh, the cost of energy. Obviously, the lack of drilling, the the hostility to the industry, the fact that he keeps saying he's going to literally end the industry by 2035. Uh, so that type of stuff is is hurting. Uh, of course, inflation, all the money printing he's been doing since he's been in office, also hurting. The way Ukraine has developed has been a part of this as well. And that's not all his fault by any means, but certainly we're very much involved in it. And he's he's potentially inflamed that situation, at least risked massive inflammation. Uh, and all the green energy policies he's tried to put in are, are the things that Europe's already done, which is causing all this stuff to inflate as well. So now he's going to try to pay people off before the election and see how that works. It didn't work with the student loan thing. I don't think it'll work here either. Biden will give one more speech when he talks about what? The threat to democracy, which is fascinating because rarely have we ever seen anything like this. Will it cause a vortex of sorts? Will a threat to democracy give a speech about a threat to democracy? I don't know. It's really tough to tell, but we should see him blathering and have many, many moments like the ones we showed you at the beginning of the show where he flubs 16,000 words in a row. At least we'll get good material out of this, at least. You know, life is on the ballot, of course, on Tuesday. One of the things we've talked about a lot is how Democrats have tried to take advantage of this. They've said, oh, we've got to keep talking about abortion because people care about abortion. They want their abortion so bad. Well, I don't know if people ever stop to think about this, but almost one out of every five Americans will be aborted. People who will be never even have a chance to live life. Over 63 million babies have been aborted just since Roe versus Wade was enacted, and the numbers are still going up. The Ministry of Preborn and Blaze Media are partnering to help rescue 50,000 babies from abortion in 2022. We're well on our way to that number. And they're working to put Planned Parenthood out of business. Good. They should be out of business. When you show an ultrasound to a mom, they say about 80% of the time people hear uh, the, the heartbeat and they say, oh, wow, maybe I shouldn't end this life. That's a really good sign. Preborn also supports moms after 
birth as well with counseling and car seats and clothes and everything free of charge. So go help them out. Um, basically, what you have to do is donate to pound 250. If you dial pound 250, you can donate there. If you use the keyword baby, it's pound 250. The keyword is baby. Or you just go to their website, preborn.com slash stew. Preborn.com slash stew. It's a worthy cause. Please support it. Preborn.com slash stew. I know we're running so behind, but I, I got to go back to this threat to democracy speech. We're going to hear from our bumbling president. I'm fascinated by this because what was the big complaint about Donald Trump? The big complaint about Donald Trump is before the election, before it even happened, he was saying if he lost, it would be stolen. They might steal future elections on you. He built that up over a long period of time in their telling. And this became a big thing. And he weakened democracy as he did it. And then, of course, the election happened and uh, and he blamed uh, the the election systems and, and, and went after our democracy. You know the story. Well, you might know it again because it's exactly what the Democrats are doing now. They're telling you in advance of the election, if these people are in office, all the elections are going to be stolen. They're saying they're threats to democracy. They're going they're saying the same stuff they blamed Trump for before. It's such nonsense. But I guess at the very least, you know, we'll be able to see Joe Biden say something insane and probably sniff someone's hair. So we have that going on for us. All right, Election Day, not too far away. Uh, make sure to go to theblaze.com slash election guide. There you can get a free copy of the Blaze Media's ultimate election guide to the midterms. Uh, a lot of my analysis is in there. I think you uh, might enjoy it. Uh, and, of course, we have the election night coverage as well, blazetv.com slash stew. The promo code is stew for that. We'll be doing that into uh, the YouTube coverage as well, going into the late uh, hours of the night and the early hours of the morning. We'll see you tomorrow.